That, of course, is the immortal strains of Paul Simon. I had a chance to see Simon and Garfunkel in the Oakland uh, Coliseum last week. They have canceled their Arco Arena um, venue here that's been postponed, I think, because Art Garfunkel has a throat infection. Well, it was pretty clear there was something wrong with Artie's throat uh, in Oakland last week. He was okay, but of the two, he was the one with uh, the angelic voice. So I wish, um, I think it was a good thing that he's postponed it. Hopefully when they do come back, uh, uh, you'll be able to hear him in uh, his best possible voice. And we'll talk a little bit more about him when he does come to Arco Arena. And speaking of arts, um, this music should be familiar to you. That, of course, is the theme song to what I think, uh, probably the greatest theme song that's been on television to The Honeymooners, uh, a Jackie Gleason um, uh, production. And, uh, of course, as you know, uh, Jackie's sidekick, Art Carney, passed away a few days ago at age 85. Uh, uh, His Ed Norton character on The Honeymooners was certainly a television landmark. And uh, I got to tell you, I think there's, there's very few classics that have been produced on the little screen. But uh, The Honeymooners uh, certainly qualifies in my book. Art, Art Carney was one of those guys that makes the acting look easy. He was a very, very funny man by all accounts. Uh, if you watch The Honeymooners, I mean, he really makes it work. It's, it's his play off of Jackie Gleason's Ralph Cramden character that I think just uh, just makes it all work. Carney won three Emmys um, for his role uh, as, as Ed Norton back in the 1950s. In 1974, he won the Academy Award. He won the Oscar for Best Actor for his performance in a movie called Harry and Tonto. Great talent, sorry that he's gone, and um, Art Carney, rest in peace. We now go to CEO and Republican booster, Arch Dexter. Golly ho! How's the prep going for the new governor? Well, as you know, Governor Schwarzenegger will take the oath of office Monday, and we are all just tickled pink. Well, that's nice. Well, we think so. We Republicans have to be happy about this, you know. Electing a Kennedy? Well, as they say, close enough for government work. Uh (laughs) Uh, Now, Mr. Dexter, there's been some concern over your vote-counting company. Well, it isn't just electoral tallies, Douglas. We also do scientific public opinion surveys, conduct economic data collation, and we provide Indian casinos with slot machines. Uh, we're illegal. Uh-huh. The old one-armed bandit. Indeed. Which is how many think of the new vote-bold voting machines with touchscreens. We have some fabulous new software to protect our technologies. They are ultra-secure. We know they are. Well, what about that election uh, in the South where there were three consecutive candidates that got one eight, that got 18,181 votes using your machines? How many was that again? 18,181. 18181. Remarkable coincidences do occur, my friend. Just ask any statistician. Well, sir, I've taken a few stats courses over the years. I have some familiarity with the rudiments, uh-huh. and I would say the odds of three people getting exactly 18181 votes is rather remote compared to the odds it's a software problem. Well, perhaps, but well, let me stress that here at VoteBolt, Inc., we have confidence levels built in. As you know, if something has a 5% chance of happening, we don't regard that as statistically significant. Well, of course, but, you know, the, but the odds of those exact votes being obtained is something like 2 trillion to 1 by a crude estimation of one math major friend of mine. Good heavens, you're way off the mark. We, uh, I am. 
Oh, by an order of magnitude. Our computers say the odds are no more than 300 billion to one. It's a big difference. And let me stress, we have neutralized any possibility of hacking like the case we broke in Iowa. What did you do there? We made the hacker's mom sell his computer. Gone. <laughs> like that. Well, good work. Furthermore, he is grounded. He is absolutely grounded till he gets to high school next year. We were tough but fair. Well, that's reassuring for the voter, I think. You know, he'll trouble the electoral process no more, Doug. And anyway, the state constitution would have prevented his horse from becoming an Iowa congressman. So you really feel you got the handle on this kind of hacking thing? Oh, yeah. What about the fact that every computer expert in the country says your safeguards are inadequate? Oh, I'm not sure they all said that. Pathetically inadequate. Criminal, really, was one assessment. Well, both Dr. Robert McCaslin and Dr. Emilio Zeffirelli say they have complete confidence in these electric machines. Yeah, but they both work for you. And your point is? Well, how can they be objective? Well, I pay them to be, and by God, that's what I expect. For the money I shell out, they better tell me what I want to hear. I mean the truth, of course. Well, what if the choice is an upsetting truth or a comforting lie? Speaking of that, we guarantee that if you need accurate data to show that the U.S. economy is moving ahead with vigor or that President Bush can beat any opponent, we can supply that data. Well, what about this quote from you to fellow Republicans pledging that you'll do everything in your power to get George W. Bush elected in 2004? Well, we do enjoy free speech in this nation, Doug. Last time I checked. Yeah, but, but you manufacture vote-counting machines that tally election results. Yes. Do you see how that might worry people? Oh, Bosh. We would never cook the books of something so important as an election. No? Good gracious, no. Well, what about all those tight elections that have suddenly swung dramatically and abruptly to the GOP on Election Day? Well, swings on Election Day do take place. Yeah, but, but apparently, in the case of your machines, they went to Republicans 86% of the time. Which means 14% of the time they went to Democrats. Come on, Doug. You know, maybe it just reflects the mood of the country. Or maybe it just reflects the mood of the guy who programs your vote machines. You know, I really think we should move on conversationally here. Do you mind? Mr. Dexter, do you see the economy moving forward as the election approaches? We do. We use many statistical parameters beyond the usual. Not merely housing starts, quarterly earnings reports, the Dow, but we dig deeper. Well, where, where do you exactly see a rosy economy? If you check, and we do, you will see that the number of Walmarts opening is accelerating. So Americans buying more crescent wrenches forged in China by people earning $2 a day is going to drive the U.S. economy forward? Overall, we think so, yeah. What else? Well, the number of Big Macs sold in this country has surged dramatically of late. 4% in the last quarter, according to our estimate. So you think that shows that the administration borrowing $450 billion is jump-starting the U.S. economy? Well, Doug, statistics don't lie. They don't? Not in our opinion. 4% more Big Macs, 9% more ketchup packets in play. They're just flying out the door. Our economy is booming, Doug. Well, Arch Dexter, thanks very much for coming on our show. Well, thank you for having me. And good luck with those touchscreen voting machines with no paper trail. <laughs> I think if people will trust us, they'll be surprised at the results. No doubt. Uh, and by the way, any, any, any stats on, on new jobs? We are examining some exciting new startups who are dismantling the Macchiadoras in the border towns and shipping those factories to China. So that $5 a day was just too much in labor costs, eh? Well, the dollar-a-day labor in Chongqing is appealing, yes. And the fact that many Mexican jurisdictions do actually have some environmental laws means we are much less burdened down in the Far East. So you can freely dump plutonium and the like once you're outside of North America. 
the savings and not having those pesky environmental laws can be considerable. These new companies are making money faster than you can say, hasta la vista, amigo. So somehow this helps the American worker? It helps the CEOs, and in a manner of speaking, they are workers. Well, Mr. Archdexter, thanks again for coming on Radio Parallax, and uh, you promise we won't see any election hanky-panky in 2004? Oh, you can take that to the bank. I sure am. Okay, then. Ta-ta. Well, that about wraps it up for today's program. Our thanks once again to uh, screenwriter, publisher, and professor of journalism, Zachary Sklar, for talking with us. I'll have a chance to meet Zach Sklar in Pennsylvania next week. And on the show after that, I'll be, um, I'll be telling you about that interesting conference to be held at Duquesne University in commemoration of the 40th anniversary of the assassination of President Kennedy. We'd like you to tune in tomorrow in this same time slot for Speaking in Tongues, where Richard Estes and Ron Glick will talk to Antonia Juhaz, who's the project director for the International Forum on Globalization. Based upon her experiences as both a policy expert and a grassroots organizer against corporate-dominated processes of globalization, She'll speak about the upcoming Free Trade Area of America's meeting in Miami later this month. And next Tuesday, uh, Jeff Kravitz uh, will be giving up his time slot, normally uh, occupied by his program Panic Attack on Tuesday, which will be filled by partly by us, special edition of Radio Parallax, and partly by Gil Metavoy, who will be joining me to talk about his program here on KDVS, Crossing Continents, and about the situation currently raging over in Israel and the occupied territories. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax, and we'll see you, in this case, next Tuesday. Stay tuned for Todd.